Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Uh, Today we're going to be covering Chapter 16 of Mysteries of Creation, Episode 695. We'll be reading pages 154 to 159. The title of the chapter is Creating Plants and Animals. I'll dedicate the uh, program and then we'll get into the reading. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask thee, Father, to forgive us of our sins and our transgressions that we might come back into thy presence. We thank thee, Father, for the atonement that your Son, our Messiah, came down onto the earth to live as a perfect example in how we should live and to give us instructions on how to live. We love thee, Father, and we ask thee, Father, that we might have thy spirit to be with us as we dedicate this time unto thee in learning this topic and contemplating these things. And we ask for thy presence to be with us as we do these things. In the name of Messiah, amen. Creating Plants and Animals, Chapter 16 of Mysteries of Creation, Episode 695, pages 154 through 159. Once the world was built and ready for habitation, the problem arose of how to put plants and animals upon it. Some ministers preached that these things came about by some form of spontaneous combustion or magical creation from nothing. But God operates on very genuine and scientific principles, the same that man is learning to to use. President Brigham Young declared, quote, It is hard to get the people to believe that God is a scientific character, that he lives by science or strict law, that by this he is, and by law he was made what he is, and will remain to all eternity because of his faithful adherence to law. He is their author. Our spirits are his. He begot them. We are his children. He set the machine into motion to produce our tabernacles. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 306. The laws of propagation are no exception. All living things must come forth by these reproductive laws and principles each after its own kind. Every plant, insect, bird, animal, and human follow these eternal laws of reproduction. The prophet Joseph Smith declared, quote, God has made certain decrees which are fixed and immovable. For instance, the oak of the forest, the fruit of the tree, the herb of the field all bear a sign that seed hath been planted there. For it is a decree of the Lord that every tree, plant, and herb-bearing seed 
should bring forth of its kind and cannot come forth after any other law or principle. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 198, page 155 at 16%. In a footnote, Joseph Fielding Smith commented on the statement by the, by the Prophet Joseph Smith, quote, This very positive statement by the Prophet that every tree, plant, and herb, and evidently every other creature, cannot produce except after its kind. It is in harmony not only with the the scriptures, but also with all known facts in the world. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 198. John Taylor agreed, quote, The animal and vegetable creation are governed by certain laws and are composed of certain elements peculiar to themselves. This applies to man, to beasts, fowl, fish, and creeping things, to the insect and to all animated nature, each one possessing its own distinct features, features, each requiring a scientific sustenance, each having an organism and faculties governed by prescribed laws to perpetuate its own kind, end quote. Mediation and Atonement, page 164. Plant Life. So there is ample proof that all the plants found on the earth were the product of seed of its own kind. Then how did that seed first come upon the earth? Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball both answered this question, quote, They, speaking of Adam and Eve, came here, organized the raw material, and arranged in their order the herbs of the field, the trees, the apple, the peach, the plum, the pear, and every other fruit that is desirable for good and good for man. The seed was brought forth from another another sphere and planted in this earth. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, page one or volume one, page fifty, and we're on page one hundred and fifty six at thirty one percent. Shall I say that the seed of vegetables were planted here by the creators that framed and built this earth? That the seeds of every plant composing the vegetable kingdom were brought forth from another world? This would be news to many of you. Who brought them here? It matters little to us whether it was John, James, William, Adam, or Bartholomew who brought them. But it was some being who had power to frame this earth with its seas, valley, mountains, and rivers, and to cause it to teem with vegetable and animal life. Mankind are here because they are offspring of the parent of parents who were first brought here from another planet. And the power was given them to propagate their species, and they are commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. Brigham Young, Deseret News, December 
well, December 27th, 1913, but of course he died in um, October 29th of 1877. So I don't know where they get the original quote from, but anyway, continuing on with this reading. Did you find the seed? No, you did not. The Lord found it. When he came here, he brought it with him, and he told his sons to sow it and let it increase. And that was from Heber C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, page 160. They were also instructed to plant every kind of vegetable, likewise the forest and the fruit trees, and they actually brought... and they actually brought from heaven every variety of fruit of the seeds of the vegetables and the seeds of the flowers and planted them on this earth on which we dwell. And I will say more. The spot chosen for the Garden of Eden was Jackson County in the state of Missouri, where independence now stands. Father Adam was instructed to multiply and replenish the earth and to make it beautiful and glorious to make it in short like unto the garden from which the seeds were brought to plant the garden of eden heber c kimball journal of discourses volume 10 page 235 i do have a little bit of a problem with that and i know it's been taught in the church that jackson county missouri is where the garden of eden was but um, jackson county is where adam and on is and that's where Adam had his great last sacrament meeting um, near the end of his probation upon this earth before he was translated. But he went eastward out of Eden. So going eastward out of Eden to where he settled, where Jackson County, Missouri is now, would mean that the Garden of Eden was westward from Jackson County, Missouri, and that Jackson County, Missouri, being the place where Adam settled and where Adam and Andayaman was, means that it was not where the Garden of Eden was. Now, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this. I might be right. I might be wrong. However, um, what I'm really concerned about is Zion's redemption. Um, and this stuff doesn't really matter to me too much, whether Jackson County, Missouri was the place of the Garden of Eden or whether it was where Adam settled and where Adam uh, had his great last sacrament meeting. We know that he could not go back into the Garden of Eden with Eve or anyone else. And from the point the Garden of Eden was abandoned basically or they were cast out of the garden of eden no man was able to go back into that place so there are plenty of people where jackson county stands now so i just i just don't believe that jackson county missouri is the place where adam or where uh the garden of eden is that's my own personal thoughts and it's just that they went eastward out of eden to go to where they settled into the lone and dreary wilderness um, and that they went going eastward meant that Jacks or that um, Jackson County was eastward and the Eden was more towards the west in some some other place so anyway um, that is uh, not important as far as I'm concerned um, but I just wanted to make a point of it Continuing on, we're on page 157 at 49%.
uh, Brigham Heber Roberts or B.H. Roberts also mentioned that the seeds for this earth were brought from an older earth. Quote, we are formed that the Lord God made every, I'm sorry, we are informed that the Lord God or Jehovah or Elohim made every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb before it grew upon some older earth. And the seeds thereof, or the plants themselves, were brought to our earth and made to grow. So likewise, man and his helpmeet were brought from some older world to our own, to people it with their children. And that is in the Contributor, Volume 10, page 265. And uh, again, if you don't know who B.H. Roberts is, he was president of the 70s, back in the 1920s, in that time period. Um, and he wrote, or uh, he compiled a book called a Comprehensive History of the Church. Um, so he is important, but he was not, uh, he was not one of the 12 apostles. Uh, although being a 70 at that time meant that you were a 70 apostle. The office of a 70 has gone through many iterations of, of um, uh, what do you call it, description, I guess. Um, but in the beginning, when Joseph Smith set up the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, they were actually set apart as apostles. There were 70 apostles. And uh, so back in the New Testament, you would have Peter, James, and John, and those guys, they would be considered the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and even the First Presidency. Um, but people like Paul, the Apostle, he would have been considered a 70. So it would be the difference. Um, in my estimation, it would be that the Apostles actually embraced and saw Jesus Christ face to face and embraced him in the flesh, being eyewitnesses through sight and also through touch that Jesus was a resurrected being, where Paul did not have that privilege. He saw Jesus in a vision on the road to Emmaus, and um, maybe it was to, to, to Damascus, but he did see him. He saw the resurrected Christ, but he did not embrace him. And in my estimation, the difference between a 70 apostle and a true 12 apostle would be the seeing and not only the seeing, but the touching and becoming eyewitnesses both by sight and by flesh. And that the 70 apostles, they would see him and they would be res witnesses of the resurrection by sight, but not by touch. Uh, now, if you're interested in knowing whether that's true, well, you can take it to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ yourself. Uh, but that's what my conclusion is, and uh, I'm just putting it out there for people's consideration. Continuing on with the reading, Brigham Young explained the eternal nature of the fruits and their seeds. Then can you, by any process of reasoning or argument, Tell whether it was an apple that bore the first seed of an apple or an apple seed that made the first apple. 
or whether it was the seed of the squash that made the first squash or the squash that bore the first squash seed. Such abstruse questions belong to the philosophies of the world. In reality, there never was and never will be a time when there was not both the apple and the apple seed. And that comes from teachings of Brigham Young, compiled by Fred Collier, page 345. Animal Life So the earth was made beautiful with all its varied kinds of vegetation, but animals must be brought here too. How were they created? What was their origin on this earth? They must follow the same laws and principles pertaining to their species that the plants do in theirs. They produce their own kind. But there must be some here on the earth in order to produce more. The following quotations show that they also were brought here from some other world. And we're on page 158 at 65% through the reading today. The royal planter now descends from yonder world of older date, and bearing in his hand the choice seeds of the older paradise, he plants them in the virgin soil of our new-born earth. They grow and flourish there, and bearing seed, replant themselves and thus clothe the naked earth with scenes of beauty and the air with fragrant incense. incense ripening fruits and herbs at length abound when lo from yonder world is transferred every species of animal life male and female they come with blessing on their heads and a voice is heard again be fruitful and multiply earth its mineral vegetable and animal wealth its paradise prepared down comes from yonder world on high as son of God with his beloved spouse and thus a colony from heaven. It may be from the sun is transplanted uh, transplanted on our soil. And that's a poem written by Parley P. Pratt, who was one of the uh, one of the very first apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, as it was Uh, before they came out to Salt Lake. And that is in his book, Key to Theology, 5th edition, page 49 and 50. After the earth was made, then there was a garden spot selected, and the Lord commanded some of his associates to go and plant it, to to cause all kinds of vegetation to grow and fruits of every description. Some suppose the Lord commanded all these things to come out of the earth. Yes, he did, after the seeds were put in the earth. And he blessed the earth and the vegetation that was in the earth. When all these things were done, the garden was beautified and made pure and clean and holy and sanctified. And then the next thing was to bring forth the animal creation. But the animals were not brought there until the vegetation was planted and grown. Heber C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 243. We're on page 159, which is the last page, and we're uh, 83% through the reading for today. 
Only a god could bring plants and animals here. Here, then, is the secret to the mystery behind the story of the Genesis creation. All the varieties of vegetation and animal life were brought here. They were not suddenly created out of nothing. Someone brought them here from another world. And it has already been shown that a resurrected, glorified being, a god, is the only one with the power and ability to perform such a task. As a spirit cannot manipulate, control, or create physical or tangible matter. Nor can a spirit create a physical body. If this were possible, then the devil would be able to create a body for himself and his hosts, and then perhaps a mortal world of his own. In the scriptures, the Lord explains that a spirit cannot hold anything physical. Jesus said, Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Luke chapter 24, verse 39. If he were just a spirit at the time, meaning Jesus Christ, they would not have been able to touch or feel him. A spirit cannot make any contact with something physical. Uh, I don't agree with that. I believe that the spirit, uh, being tangible matter of a finer nature, as Joseph Smith said, can um, make contact, but it can't do much. Um, now, I don't know what the limits and the bounds of what it can do, but um, I believe that uh, our Father in Heaven is a resurrected being and that he and Michael, as a resurrected being, were, uh, were brought here and that they brought the, the plants and the animals with them from another world. And I'll talk a little bit more about that maybe um, after I'm done with the reading. I'm going to continue with the reading now. For instance, the Lord gave a key to this limitation of spirits. If a spirit would make an appearance to a person, the Lord said, If it be the devil as an angel of light, when you ask him to shake hands, he will offer you his hand and you will, feel, you will not feel anything. Doctrine and Covenants, section 129, verse 8. And the only reason I say that I, I feel like it can is because I've had many experiences with spirits that um, I felt their presence. I felt them touch me, even though I have not seen them. Um, I, I don't want to get too personal, but there was a time when I had... Uh, ingested 5,000 milligrams of tramadol in an attempt to commit suicide. And as I was laying there waiting to die, um, I felt hands upon my head when I was in my motorhome in an RV park completely alone. I felt hands upon my head. I passed out. Seven hours later, I woke up vomiting um, or I had vomited, um, and I was high for three days, but I do remember before I passed out, I felt hands upon my head, and I believe that those were spiritual hands that were upon my head. I've had other experiences as well, but that was one that pops to my mind at this time. Anyway, continue, and that was back in 2011, or, um, yeah, it was 2011 when that happened. Anyway, continuing on, realizing that spirits cannot touch or hold anything of physical nature is a key in understanding 
the type of being who brought the plants and animals from another world to this one. So that's the end of this reading. Uh, when we come back, we'll be on page 160, chapter 17. And the title of that chapter is Creating Mortal Man. Now, the the only thing that I really wanted to say pertaining to these things, it doesn't have anything to do with scriptures, but it has to do with a vision that one of my friends had where he uh, was asking God, how did the animals and the plants come to this world? And he was taken up in a vision and he saw massive crystal ships and there were arcs from other worlds. And they brought the animal life and the plant life here to see this earth under the direction of Jehovah, our Elohim, and Michael, who was the one who had been naming the different creatures and the different plant life in the Garden of Eden as the Garden of Eden was being planted. So, and then, so that was interesting. And I, I believe that that vision was from God. Uh, once again, it doesn't matter to Zion's redemption whether it was, but I believe it was from God. Um, and also I've, I've wondered and speculated that the pyramids of Giza were landing platforms from, for larger spacecraft to come down upon this earth now that might not be true i don't know um but i've always thought that was an interesting speculation and uh whether it's true or not doesn't really matter to me because like i said i only care about zion's redemption uh there's certain knowledge that we need for zion to be redeemed um and i believe all knowledge is good but whether or not they came one way or the other is no concern of mine i know that we'll get to the point where we understand these things in in a new world in a for uh, when this world has passed away and we become uh a terrestrial people and a celestialized people in the end of time when this earth is is turned into a fire of sea and glass Anyway, so anyway, that is the entirety of the reading for today. I thank you for listening. And uh, I have a four-year-old son who's trying to break, break into the room that I am in right now. So I need to go stop him. He just wants to be with me. And uh, he's a little pain in my tuchus. But he, I love him. He, he likes to be with me whenever I'm home. So, And uh, I might be home for a little while because I have hurt my back to the point where I have to use a cane to walk. And, uh, which is probably good because I haven't been doing these programs and I have been asked by God to do them. So, uh, well, here I am being put in my bed, like literally bed, almost bedridden. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do the program, even though I'm kind of burnt out of doing it. Um, I just, I don't want to do it anymore, but I'll do it. I guess if I'm going to be bedridden over it, so hopefully I can get my back restored to the point where I can go back to work. Um, but that's all in God's hands, and I'll do whatever I can to try to recu recuperate. Um, and I'll just pray that God heals me, and it's in His uh, will, whether it is is His will or not, to heal me. That's his prerogative. I just have to deal with uh, deal with life as it comes. So, anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this program. I hope that uh, it gives you something to ponder over, to take the information and study it for yourself. You know, you can read the the text to this writing, and I'll put that in the link to the description. 
of this program so that you can go read it for yourself and just consider these things for yourself. And uh, if you really want to know, there is a God in the heavens that will uh, give you wisdom about these things. If it's something that you're kind of interested in, but you don't really care, then he probably won't answer you. <laughs> uh, that's at least what I've found in my life. If there's stuff that I read and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but like, I don't think it really matters. Um, I might go to God, he might answer me, but uh, more often than not, if I do go to God and I don't really care and I don't really study it out, then I don't really get any answer. So anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. God bless and goodbye.